I didn't realize you were in uh, Orange County. I'm two hours. Anytime you want to give me an invite up to the mountains. Any weekend you want to come up to the mountains. It's, it was it was uh, 73 degrees here yesterday, and then it's going to be a blizzard tomorrow. So it, the mountains are weird. Mountains are a weird place. Uh, all right. What do you guys say? Should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. Do it. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Redlinger, and I am joined today by Jordan Henderson. Thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for hosting this one today so I can have uh, speaker duties. It's great. Feels there, good. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then Rob Simmons, who is the VP of Sales Development at Lean Data, who is the top provider of go-to-market automation solutions and you know G2's leader in leader account matching. Uh, and, and Rob has... I know a ton of experience with both building teams, leveraging processes, and of course, uh, I think he's also a tech stack kind of guy. So welcome, Rob. Thank you, Brandon. Happy to be here. Let's let's start off with uh, a quick definition of speed to lead. So I've got one here. I'll, I'll read it off. You guys let me know. You agree, you disagree, uh, that sort of thing. So speed to lead is the time between when a prospect expresses interest in your product or service, and when your team actually follows up, the, the first response. So, Rob, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. I, I, I know an automated email from your marketing automation counts as a response, right? Uh, not in my world. <laughs> so, uh, I, I appreciate that we didn't just jump into assuming everyone knows what speed to lead is and we're, we're taking a sec to, to define it because I think everyone does have a little bit different definitions of this and speed to lead is so crucial. It's important enough that we should pause and we should define it. So yes, it is from that initial point of engagement. It could be a demo request. It could be a content download. I think what, whatever it is, it's any kind of engagement and it's when does a rep and I'll specify it's not any rep. It's, it's like the right rep. From, from your team. And that could be an SDR, BDR. It could be an AE, could be a customer success person. It really depends on the uh, person that's engaging with you. And it's when does that right person respond with something mm-hmm. personalized? It's not the mass blast marketing email that we all get that just acknowledge. That's that's like a re- acknowledgement of uh, receipt of your information. That's, that's not a follow-up in my opinion. Someone will reach out to you momentarily. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. It, it uh, for what it's worth, I actually think that like marketing email is essentially buying you time if you have a bad speed to lead, right? It's letting <laughs> yeah, you know, it's people use it as a crutch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, well, no, like, we can call them in two hours because th- that's why I think that email is actually problematic. But uh, I totally agree with Rob's point, and I think one of the things that I would clarify that Rob said that you got wrong, totally, Brandon, because you messed this up entirely. <laughs> is is um, gloves are off already? But, but, but I think it's a I think it's a key key thing, especially as like intent data and some of this this data modeling stuff comes into play is uh, there's a difference between expressing interest in your product and actually taking like some active engagement that expresses interest in your product because I can go into zoom info I can go into six cents I can go into Bombora and I can see who's interested in my product based on you know who's visiting my website who's doing data, these sure. sort of in- intent data but that I'm not measuring from those things I'm measuring from somebody actually taking some engagement right so an active hand raise an active yeah exactly not not a not a yeah. not my data team telling me, hey, this person's interested or they're showing interest, right? Actually, that person's showing interest. Um, but otherwise, I, I love the the definition and it's spot on. And, and to your point, Rob, I think the marketing email is a crutch. I think the, the I think it actually, like you said, it has to be a, a phone call, a targeted email, the right person with the right response, right? Yeah, that's right too. We're not just talking emails. Uh, it can be a phone call. In many cases for us, the first touch is a phone call. You know, the, yeah. the quickest way to, to do business and actually talk to someone is like, let's humanize it. Let's have a conversation that can be really quick and productive. Yeah, totally. Yeah, perfect. Love it. Well, well, let's get into why is B2B even important in the first place? And there, there's actually a lot of stats out there. I, I, I pulled a few that stood out the most to me. So 78% of companies end up choosing the first vendor that they talk to, right? That's huge, right? And, and I think that's really because as the first vendor, now you get to shape how people think about the, the product in, in the category, Right now, you're really guiding that conversation, um, and people who are contacted within the first hour are seven times more likely to be qualified as a lead. But also, if you can get there even faster, uh, you'll have bigger rewards. Since calling a lead within the first five minutes is 21 times more effective 
than reaching out after the first 30 minutes. So before we get into the, the current state of speed to lead and how companies are currently doing it, um, anything else you guys would like to add? Why should we care about speed to lead? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to summarize all of the, the massive data points you listed, you'll sell more, you'll, you'll win more deals if you're faster, right? But uh, and I, I think there's actually two pieces to that, right? I think I think one is the, the human component. If I go sign up for, if somebody tells me, hey, you can buy a lead routing software, right? I'm going to go to Lean Data, I'm going to go to a couple other places and sign up for a demo. And the ones that call me back, if people call me back the first 30 minutes, I'm ready to have that conversation right in that moment, right? <laughs> Super important. They call me back the next day. I've moved on. I've totally forgotten about yeah, that. It's going to get you locked in your brain. Exactly. And, and so that's that's one piece of it, which is why I think you win those deals, right? And the second piece is people want to buy from people that have a sales process that's buttoned up, right? Yeah. Like I want, I want to have a good buyer's experience. And somebody who is making that call that fast, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes, whatever that is, but they're making that call that fast, getting me on the hook that it's usually pretty indicative that their entire sales cycle is going to be pretty buttoned up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be a good buyer's experience for me and and they're going to win more deals because of that as well. So I think it's kind of two pronged, but either way, very, very important, not, not to minimize the importance. And, and you're in a vendor, you're looking for someone that really has their stuff together. And it, it, you know, that's, that proves it. I mean, obviously, if you're shopping for lead to account matching and routing, you're also you're. That's almost like a pilot. That, that one, yeah, that that one is extremely important. Right? Who responds yeah. the fastest? Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, like I think about like anything, right? If I'm shopping for a car, whatever it is, like I, I want to do business with a professional that has their stuff together, and, and that's usually going to be someone who follows up quickly and follows up properly, and it's I'm talking to the right person right away. Yeah. Um. So agree. And those stats that you mentioned are not at all surprising, Brandon. Um. Something else really cool I wanted to mention here on, on this podcast too, um, Lean Data, we've been working hard and uh, we're, we're going to be putting out a, a state of lead management survey for 2022. We got nearly nice. 2,000 respondents. So a couple stats as a sneak preview that came out of that. 73% of uh, people uh, that responded to this survey see room for improvement in actually achieving their conversion goals, their process overall. They, they see inefficiencies in it. They see it's too slow. It's not getting leads to the right people. So three quarters of people see that this process is kind of broken today, I think, which is why we wanted to all talk about it and break it down. Uh, 67% of respondents stated leads are inaccurately assigned to the wrong owner. So that could be, hey, a customer comes in and requests a demo. They're really just trying to get you know, product support. That needs to get to the right customer success manager on the account, not just one of your SDRs that cold calls and says, hey, you want to see a demo, right? So there's a lot of broken processes and, and tech stacks out there. So I'm glad we're talking about this. So as, as someone who's been in this space for a while, are you surprised at those stats? No, not at all. And I mean, I can tell a personal story. I mean, I've been um, leading inside sales teams for quite a while. And uh, I, I like, will admit as much as I'm embarrassed to admit, but you know, a few years ago, three, three-ish years ago plus, um, I was just used to a world where uh, leads came in and they, they sat into an inbound queue and then they had to be reviewed by like your, your inbound team. Or if you didn't have an inbound team, it was your general SDRs. And now they're, they're not out there hunting. They're inbound doing triage and looking at this lead and trying to figure out what account it matches to. And then, you know, is it a customer? Is it a prospect? Oh, there's an open opportunity. Actually, I need to get it to the AE. And I just thought that was the way it was for a long time. And fortunately, found a solution called Lean Data. And <laughs> you know, fast forward, now I work yeah. great. Um, but so now I've been in plenty of organizations where, yeah, that, there was all kinds of inefficiencies like that. And yes, we did our best to like call inbound leads as fast as we could when we came in. Um, you know, but it could have been a lot better. It could have been a lot more efficient. It sounds like a lot of people are still dealing with that. So um you know, hopefully this state of lead manager report can kind of educate people that there, there is a better way to do things. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that 27% of people think that they have no room for optimization in there. That is a really bold statement. Like, I, I can't yeah. imagine, I mean, I feel good about ours, but I can't imagine ever feeling like there's no... But you're always, in, yeah, evaluating yeah. it, right? Yeah, you're always right. looking at the SLAs and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same. One thing that actually Maureen just put in the chat that we didn't actually mention, SMS, right? So uh, she counts SMS. I would count SMS as a, as a um, response, right? It's a good point. I, I think, I, think I, would, I would make the same delineation for SMS that I'd make for email, right? If it's a canned SMS, it, yes, that's not, yes. then, then no, I wouldn't count it. But if it's you know, tailored SMS, it's targeted thing, then totally. Yeah, absolutely. 
hundred percent. Love yeah. it. Cool. Well, let's let's get into you know things that we can do to increase our conversion rate. So, uh, Jordan, I'll start this one off with you. I know you have a you know a, a three step process that you've honed in over the last you know many years that you've been doing this yourself. So, you want to walk us through that? Yeah, yeah. And and I, Rob, I have the same experiences you like 10 years ago doing this. I think we, I was, I remember doing it 10 years ago in a spreadsheet where like marketing downloaded the leads into a spreadsheet and then sent them over. And then our SDR manager and ops people would go through and assign them and then email that <laughs> list out to everybody. Yeah. It took like three days and we did we it once a week. Part of my, and, my job back in the day. Yeah. Wait, do, yeah do you was, think there's, do you think there's such thing as too fast speed to lead? No. Cause I was, absolutely, absolutely I, so if, if, if it's sacrificing accuracy, I think, yes. yeah, that's, that's, like, that's a good point. So well, like, like, and, and customer and you're, you're having just a general salesperson follow up with a generic message that, that yeah. clearly didn't take into consideration. Maybe some of the comments that the person put into the field that they submitted the, or the form they submitted. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think, I think that's uh you need, you need to provide that context, right? That's sort of like the first, the first step of this is the technology technological. So we go through the three steps. The first step is the technological foundation to actually get the leads to people in real time and with the data, right? I can't just assign a lead to you with a name and, and a phone number and say, Hey, do it. I need to give you that lead with the context of where they came from, what, what sort of, yeah. what sort of product they might be interested in. I need to give you enough data to actually action that lead in real time. Right. Cause if I, if I shift the onus to you and say, Hey, here's a guy in his LinkedIn, like go do some research and call him your speed to lead is going to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes instead of five right. minutes, because I haven't given you that context, which, which right. I totally agree with your point. And that was actually first step of the three-step process of doing this, go. which is technological foundation. We use lean data. I love lean data. It's so much better than spreadsheets where I have to go through and manually sign things out. Um, and it allows us to route in Salesforce, which then allows me to provide all the context that I need to for a rep to then see like, okay, great. This person converted here. That means they're interested in this. This is their title. This is the, all the information I need to know about this person, right? Um, which allows them to quickly make decisions and calls and actions leads very, very rapidly. Absent the technological foundation, your speed to lead will always fail because you, if you can't put it from the moment they sign up for a demo request, you can't put it in front of a rep within five minutes. They can't call that person within five minutes, right? You need to be able to do that with enough data for them to make an action that you would qualify as satisfying your speed to lead, right? That's step one. Is that, is that clear? I'm going to pause there. That, that recap, must, must have the right tech stack, must have the right tool. Right. To exactly, right. right. Exactly. And, and, and it's not just the tool to route the lead. It's the tool to route the lead, provide it to them in real time rapidly with enough data for them to action it in a way that meaningfully satisfies your speed to lead definition, right? And that, that's a very long way of saying that, but it's also, I think, all very important. Um, <laughs> and, and, and two, then, my second step is SLAs and expectations. You can't just build this thing and then just assume that it's going to work. You have to train the reps. You have to ask them what data do they want, put in their dialers that they know what to ask on a phone call. What sort of expectations do you have? And I would recommend expectations are different from lead sources, right? Demo requests are different than infographics. They absolutely are. My speed to lead expectations on demo requests are 15 minutes, but my infographics, two hours. I don't care if you call the infographic download in the first 10 minutes. They're not, they're not as hot as the demo request. And I don't ever want a universe where you feel like you got to call the infographic before the demo or pricing request. Right. And so setting those expectations, rolling them out to the team, training on them, very, very important because otherwise you'll build all the tech, get the foundation in place and nobody will do it anyways. And so it won't, it won't really make a difference. You've done all that work for nothing. That's step two. And then step three actually track your speed to lead. And this is a novel concept, but you should know how long it's taking for each of your sources. And you should tell, like, hold reps accountable, coach them against it. Hey, like this demo request has been in your queue for 10 minutes. We actually use lean data at, at Revenue.io. Uh, we have an expectation on demo requests and pricing requests, right? Those are our best leads that you call them within 20 minutes. Uh, if you haven't called a demo request in 20 minutes, our lean data reroutes it to another rep. It literally takes the lead away from you and puts it in somebody else's view who will action it rapidly. That's so good motivation. That, right. You lose that lead. We are, it is an accountability factor, right? And we've trained and trained and trained on this. And, and by the way, that's that rarely happens. And if it does happen, it's because somebody's in a 30 minute call and we actually want to reroute that lead. Um, and, but what a great way to make sure that you're staying on top of this, right? Like, oh yeah, like you didn't get any demo requests this week because you weren't calling them fast enough, which is make, really, really powerful. 
do they get to go back to the top of the round robin or are they no they stay yeah they're, they're shifted to the bottom of the queue yeah they lose their spot yeah i can't say that's not fair <laughs> right <laughs> and and it's it's it, but it this is the this is the sort of thing is that what I think about this I think of it from a RevOps standpoint right and I actually manage the SDR team here so it's a bit of a unique thing but um, making them hold hold the lead longer in order for it to be fair from a round robin standpoint to the SDR team is unfair to the marketing team who's worked really hard to make that demo request happen right right and it's unfair to the business because every five minutes is less less likelihood that we're going to ultimately close that deal and that's not good for the business so. Fair, fairness be damned a little bit sometimes, right? We're, we're trying to build businesses. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, those are my three steps. Yeah. To recap the SLA. So you said 12 minutes on a demo request. Like, I think, I think we're, 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 we're 15 minutes right now. 15? Um, is our yeah, 15 on a demo request. And then uh, you said two hours on like a, a content download. Yeah, like infographics. We we have we have like a slip a sliding scale. That, you know, there's I think there's 25 different sort of lead sources of of types. And and for for instance, field events, we don't really even have an SLA because we won't even send this list out to the SDRs. So it's different for each source. Yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty similar. So we're we're 10 minutes on any kind of demo request demo request contact me form, and then a uh, what we call like a content download. We call it P2. Uh, that would be a 24 hour SLA for us. And so I think back to the previous question about you know, can you be too fast? I think on a demo request, generally, no. As long as you're yeah. getting it to the right person, no, you can't be too fast. With the content download, I think you definitely can be too fast because you want that reach out to be contextual. The rep should, to your point, Jordan, like have received a notification, whether that's over Slack or email or wherever in Salesforce that says, uh, here's what this person did and reach out contextually. And maybe you queue up a sequence or a cadence or something for them. Um, yeah. But it well, the reason I actually asked that question, so I started my career out in, in sales. I was an SDR. I mean, we didn't call it an SDR at the time. That was, that was before that term was around. Um, and we are, during regular business hours, we would get our lead response down to two minutes and we would call people and they'd be like, oh, oh I, I, I guess I, I don't have I don't know the questions to ask yet, right? And they're like, yeah, uh, okay. Um, so the the conversation really wouldn't go anywhere, which is where actually coaching comes in, right? So yeah. as a manager of an SDR team or a sales enablement or whatever you are, um, how do you arm your reps with the as you said, Jordan, contextual information on yeah. the on what triggered that. And then how do you actually coach people to have good conversations, even if they don't have, you know, those, those questions formulated in their mind yet? Yeah, it's, it's data at the point of decision, right? And actually, Kenzie yeah. asked this question in the, in the chat. Is that a triggered phone call specifically or just any activity? Uh, for, for hot leads, it's a phone call. Um, we, we use a combination of lean data, actually, one of my favorite products. If anybody's ever listened to the, pro- the podcast, you've heard me like tout lean data on every single episode. You just won't shut up cause... about lean data, man. <laughs> Like, like um, I'm just I, I, don't pay him either. I know, I know. It's, I'm trying to earn that sponsorship, but it has not happened <laughs> so far. Uh, but uh, we use a combination of lean data and our own dialer. And what that allows us to do is route the leads very, very rapidly because it's real time. It's built in Salesforce, right? And then our dialer is also built in Salesforce and we can flag demo requests, pricing requests as hot leads, which is a function of our dialer that we, we use within Salesforce. Um, in real time. So it takes about a minute for a lead, a demo request to convert and pop into the hot leads. And what that does for a, for an SDR who gets that lead is they have their dialer open on their screen because they're making phone calls pretty much all day. They get a big red notification that goes, call this lead immediately yeah. because it's a pricing request. And they click that. It takes them to a view where they see 14 different Salesforce fields. And we're providing like the lead source details, the company they're at all the information that they need to have enough context to make that call in real time. So it's definitely a phone call, but it's all of the data at the point of decision that allows that rep to then cool hit call and they can literally read it while it's ringing. Right. And they, like we can call somebody in two, three minutes with a ton of context, which is really, really, really important. Think about where your reps live or where you want them to live. And yeah. it's yeah. like for us, we're, we're a Slack heavy organization. And so for us, we do the Slack notifications. So they get either like a P1 alert, a P2 alert, and it gives them, yeah, here's the person's name, the account, the um, campaign, uh, and then any of the additional comments or uh, details that the person maybe submitted. Um, so that way we can call and can be contextual within the two minutes. Like typically we're following up, we're on the phone with someone within two minutes. If they don't answer that call, then we have the email that goes out right behind it. And it's not an auto email. It is a, we, we take a second and make sure we are, we're contextual with that email. What else goes into your lead score and in, in your lead classification there, Rob? Um, 
so yeah, the, the, the big terminology for us internally is like we have P1s, P2s, because that's that's how we want to keep it simple for the team and think, okay, mm. P1 is Good. your yep. hand raisers and P2 is more like your, your engagers. And that's why we want to have known different SLAs for those two. Um, lead scoring is actually something we're, we're working on at the moment. So that's something we want to continue to build out as an organization. Um, but today we, we, we keep it really simple so that we can move fast. I'm sure Jordan probably has a more details about lead scoring than I do. Um, yes and no. I, we, 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 we keep, I actually think keeping it simple is pretty important. Yeah. Lead scoring, I like I, complicating it to the point yeah. where you have to think and slow down. Yeah. And it breaks things if you, if you overcomplicate it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I, I think that's spot on. And, and actually Chris sort of asked a question in here that, that is kind of related to lead scoring, which is what, what sort of data, what sort of context are you gathering from them? Where are you, are you enriching from tech and, and are you, requiring them to populate and, and we we do a, a bit of that because it allows us to do some lead scoring um which which is important we do that at the top of the funnel so chris to answer your question uh most of our fields are backfilled with tech actually uh we we do um we if you go to any of our forums we rarely ask a lot of questions on our web forms like yeah, yeah. And, and less is more on those right like Email address. The one we're, we're built on Salesforce. You have to be a Salesforce customer to use our products. So we always ask if you're on Salesforce because that's. But beyond that, it's name and email address. Most of that's the time. pretty much our. That's our one and only qualification question as well. It, yeah. What's your yeah. name? What's your email? And and do you guys have to use Salesforce? What? Yeah. What's what Salesforce edition are you on? Perfect. Yeah. Right. Um, past that, that lead goes into the system and it's enriched by other data sources. Right. And then we have all that yeah. data and we're and we're capturing the lead source detail where that person clicked through to come from, what ads they engaged with, all the way through anyway because that's just the way the world works now and you capture all that data we're enriching with you like six cents on the, the back end and then providing all of that context to the rep so the person on the front end is really filling out minimal but the rep is getting a lot of information yep exactly love it love it. well th- i mean that, that goes right into our 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 next uh question that we had lined up anyway so i appreciate that chris how, how do you keep reps automatically focused on right next best action. So Jordan gave us a a good example there. Um, Rob, talk to us about the importance of a sales engagement platform. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I'm glad we're coming back to this because I, you know, Jordan outlined his, his key things and and we talked about the importance of having a good foundational tech stack, but you know, what does that mean? What, what is involved in that? Obviously you you have to have a CRM. Most of us are probably using uh, Salesforce unless we're at a very early stage startup, then maybe you're using HubSpot or something else. Um, so gotta have the CRM and that, that does need to be the, the source of truth. I kind of think of it as like the, the, your, your Salesforce is your system of record. And then you're, you've got to have a sales engagement platform nowadays. And I think about that as your system of action. And that's like, for me, I want my reps pretty much living out of my, my sales engagement platform, because that's where they're going to be actually putting people into the right cadences and sequences. They're, they're going to be, um, you know, doing all those different touch points and sales activities, um, so as far as keeping people focused and on track, it, it really, sh- it comes down to your sales engagement platform and you got to have well thought out, well designed sequences, um, for all the different use cases. So all your different, um, you know, content downloaders, your webinar attendees, your demo requesters, um, and then all your outbound motions, you should have sequences or cadences for mm-hmm. all these use cases and uh, just make it really, really easy for the team to know where to put things or even better yet, if you could automate it with um, a solution like lean data, all, all the better. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I, I, we use our own product. Obviously we sell guided selling with our own dialer that live within Salesforce. And then we use lean data on top of it, but every, every lead is automated for us. It's very rare that a lead is not automated into a sequence. And if they weren't, it's because they have like a do not spam list or something like that, right? Like there's a reason why they're not ending up. But I never I never want an SDR like on, that's handling inbound, like an inbound SDR to actually have to go through and find leads and put them into a sequence. Like to me, that feels really, I want to be pretty prescriptive of, hey, this person came from here. Here's the emails they should receive. Here's the call steps they should receive. And I want that for most ad campaigns, most different lead sources, all of the above. And I want to have that sort of, rubric built out so if if this is true then they go here if this is true then they go here we have a massive flow chart by the way that sort of maps what ours looks like and and where they go based on what sources they come in and it's constantly in fluctuation because every time we launch a new ad we make new sequences but the a tool like ours and, and and with lean data of course lets you be prescriptive and and lets reps just log in in the morning and start sending emails and making phone calls which is what i want Right at the end of the day, that's my real desire: is make sure everybody's getting touched, they're getting content that's relevant to them, and my sellers can focus on selling. 
because that if I have them focus on list building from my marketing leads, it will be slow. Then people end up in the wrong places. Marketing is going to be pissed. The sellers will be missing leads. The sellers are spending too much time doing that. So not hitting their activity metrics. It's like 16 problems I can list off of, of why this is a terrible situation. And so I think, I think to Rob's point, the, the being prescriptive piece, super, super important. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Be, be prescriptive, but also on the sales engagement side. So if you're using a, a platform like you know guided selling by revenue.io, it's not 100% automated in the sense that we want them to actually go personalize that email, right? Because we know a personalized, contextual, relevant email is going to work much better than just an audit. Like if it's automated out of one of those systems, that's no better than any uh, than uh, Marketo. Yeah. Right? So yeah. where you can, and th- this is why providing that context is so important. So where you can add additional, you know, insights, or maybe it's two minutes, go look up on LinkedIn, find any point of affinity where you can actually start a conversation. Um, And if not, like you said, be prescriptive. Otherwise, here's what you should say. And then just have that go out. Um, Don't spend somebody, I, I see reps all the time spending 30 minutes just finding you know, a point to talk to the the prospect about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's a complete waste of time. I, I think most, most of inbound can be automated and should be automated in yeah. my opinion. I'm talking about everything from like getting the lead, you know, into a contact, into an account and into the right sequence yeah. or cadence. Right. That all should be automated. And even many of the touch points within the sequence for an inbound, obviously you're going to have phone calls and there might be one or two manual emails, but most of inbound follow-up, that whole process should be automated and prescriptive because you can do that based off like campaign routing. Like yeah. you assign, if, you, if you have a good marketing and marketing ops person that assigns the right campaigns to the right inbound leads based on what actions they took, then you can automatically route them into a contextual follow-up from the person who owns the account. Outbound is really where you should be creative. So like that's where you should spend your time doing all the research, all the personalization is on the outbound side, in my opinion. Yeah. And we, and I think I, I agree the inbound piece a hundred percent, like the automation of that very, very easy. Also, I would recommend like going back to your lead prioritization model and saying, okay, great. So if I get a hundred leads and 10 of them are from here and 20 from here and 70 of them from here, which ones do I want to be prioritized in that rep's actions for the next morning, right? Like actually using that to prioritize Mm -hmm. the the actions that they take to make sure that they're calling and emailing the most important people first. So you usually lead prioritization in that in that cadencing for, for how your reps work on a day-to-day basis. Uh, from the outbound piece, I agree. I also think there's room for some automation in outbound. And, and because there's sort of like two buckets of outbound prospecting, right? There's hyper-targeted. I can go in yes. and like do a bunch of research and call yes. accounts and do that. I also kind of want my team to do a bit of, sp- uh, you know, spray and pray now and again and, and grab, go grab 200 contacts and throw them in a, you know, a broader cadence if they have decent titles and see what happens and see what sort of responses you get. If you get great emails that are targeted towards a certain title, I can have my reps you know, make, a, make a cadence that's specific to one title and have reps grab people and add them into that and automate that process. Like, hey, anytime you create somebody with this title in this, this sector, this industry, they're going to land in this more more yeah. generic sequence. And that's fine. Like spray and pray a little bit, see what happens. I think that's important. It also just layers on to the amount of activity your team is doing and, and well you know you'll be surprised yeah. you get some responses of like yeah i'm super interested like, great i did nothing except for some <laughs> yeah. email. yeah i got, I got you and yeah so uh, yes i think it's and that kind of answers um yana's question there in the chat like how how can you be personalized essentially at scale or if you're automating things mm. how do you personalize it's the answer is like you're not going to have one outbound sequence and one inbound sequence you're going to have i don't know 60 sequences um, probably because for all the different inbound lead sources you have, you, you could have a unique sequence for that campaign or that lead source um, that would automatically put that person when they download that content into your content downloader sequence or into your webinar attendee sequence or into your, you know, they viewed this latest video on the, the blog. Um, and so if you can get people into the right sequences and have a lot of contextual sequences, it's easy to automate personalization, if you will. Yeah, a thousand not, percent. Not, you not could all also, these are also, people, right? Yeah. Not easy. Not I say easy. It's not easy, but it's actually you can do yeah, it. It takes a lot of it's worth the takes a, takes a lot of content writing. 
is, is really yes. the challenge of it. The mm. mapping of the thing, right? Like those are the, like making sure people are ending up in the right sequences is always yeah. a bit of a tricky because automation is a terrifying thing, of, of course. Yeah. Um, the other the other piece that I would say that's really easy to make sure that you're doing some customization or personalization for automated inbound is to make the first and third email manual emails. So the rep literally has to review them before they send them out and require some personalization. Coach the team on how to personalize yeah. that first, second, third email. Don't ask them to personalize emails four through seven because what a waste of their time. They're probably not going right. to get a response response. But if, if you go and look and say, hey, emails one and three are typically the most open for us, make those manual and train your reps on on adding a touch of personalization into each of those. And, and that will make the automated inbound both still very, very automated, but feel very personally catered to people, which is a really easy thing. Mm. And then the, the other thing that I did, what, what, so I ran an SDR team a while back. And the other thing that I would do constantly is just train my team's to do research faster, right? What I would do is I would grab an example. I would say, all right, send me an email that you would send to this person and you have five minutes on the clock, go. And it would be someone who is a target account, um, who is my key persona at a target account. And then initially you'll find that people are spending like 10 minutes, 15 minutes trying to craft the perfect email. But once they get that practice, They'll, they know where to go. They know how to write that email. They know what to look for. Um, and you can, you can get that speed to lead uh, number down just by having reps practice that sort of thing. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. a thousand percent. It's also just good for them to, to do. They learn about people in the industry, the people they're targeting. It, it, you know, it's especially new SDRs. It's great. It's great experience for them. As much as they hate it, yeah. they need to spend the time researching people. It, it's good yeah. for them. Yeah, if you look yeah. at a rep, like their fourth week of the company versus their fourth month of the company, like how fast they can go through prospecting and writing custom emails, it's night yeah, and day. Totally. Yeah, and, and Yana, to your, to your question there, um, for managing speed to lead, uh, if I want a manual you know, first email, for instance, in an automated inbound sequence, uh, typically if it's a high priority sequence, like a demo or a pricing request, I'll make the first step a call because I want them to still make that phone call and get to that lead as quickly as possible. And then that manual first email would be prompted and they, they would go do it, you know, ideally right away. But I'm not sacrificing speed to lead ever for, for customizing an email. And so if I want them to customize the first email, for, they're going to call before they do that always. And I'm going to put all that information in the dialer and that's going to have, you know, real time call coaching on it as well to make sure they're hitting that call very, very appropriately. I, I think that's actually a great point. Maybe we can go there for a little bit. So call coaching, real-time coaching. How are you using that? How are you using that to train your team to do lead response better? In a lot of ways. It's a big question. Um, we use real-time call coaching a lot. Uh, a lot of it is based on you know making sure something, you can think of it as complex or as simple as, as SDRs, AEs, right? So, uh, we, we both both us and lean data we we require you be on salesforce it's like the only major like requirement we have right so for example our sdrs when you're a new sdr it's really easy to get somebody on the phone for the first time after 60 calls for the day and totally forget to ask are you guys on salesforce because it, you're three weeks in you're you know this is not a, this is a new thing to you it really you're simply so excited. You want to yeah talk. you're like oh like this person, <laughs> yeah. this person is answering <laughs> and, and yeah. I, I said hey do you have a minute to chat and they said yes like what like, what is happening? Right? <laughs> and so, so for instance, like, and this is just a really easy example, but uh, like in that scenario, the, the SDR gets three minutes into that call and he's talking, he's like asking questions. He's just going down rabbit holes. And he'll get a prompt, like a big old prompt on his screen. That's like, Hey, you need to ask if they're on Salesforce, <laughs> which like, very, very important. Otherwise, we're wasting our time calling that person, right? And that's a really simple way to do it. But we also use it for going back to like speed to lead and the importance of it as it relates to demos and pricing. Like, hey, this person came in as, as a demo request. Ask them if they're looking at other tech. Coach specific to the source that they came from. Coach to the title that they have. You can cater that sort of real-time coaching against the data that you already have in your system, right? And so you can, for instance, say like, hey, this person has a, a VP of sales title. Ask them this question. Or they, me- they messaged competitor A, Ask them if they're having a problem with XYZ because we know that people that are using competitor A typically have these problems. And we're using that to provide a lot of context for that first call, which again goes back to it empowers speed to lead because my rep no longer has to go do that research. They have the confidence that while they're on that call, they're going to get little notifications and say, hey, like if you're, if you're drowning a little bit, ask this question, right? Ask this question, ask this question. They have, they have life support. They have a, they have a, they have a, 
a fallback on that call, which gives them that, that information and allows them to confidently make that call very rapidly without doing a ton of research. Absolutely. And the other big benefit of doing this real-time coaching is you can get reps up and productive faster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll stop, you'll stop forgetting to ask if they have Salesforce. If once that thing tells you 40 times. And as a manager, you don't have to worry. Like are my reps ready to actually hit the phones yet? Are they going to forget to ask key qualifying questions? It's all right there. Yeah, exactly. So Rob, what else are you doing to, to coach your team? Um, we try and be as guided as we can, I would say, within our sales engagement platform. Um, so as far as all the different task types that are going to get queued up for them to follow up, like I put as much details in there as possible about um, suggested research to do, you know, suggested topics to bring up, questions to ask, things like that. Like, I, like we were kind of talking about earlier, make it as prescriptive as possible. Um, and, and beyond that, I mean, we, we take our onboarding and training very, very seriously as well. But that's a whole other topic we can get into probably another time about, you know, yeah. properly onboard and enable an SDR team. Um, so th- that, that's my thoughts. Is like, I don't do necessarily like, you know, live listening to actual calls going on. Now I'm excited to get back in the office very, very soon, which we started doing this week and being on the sales floor again and listening to calls and doing that kind of coaching. But in, in the, like, we don't do the on the call with you in the moment coaching. We, we take, my managers will take a step back and, and do that after the, the meetings with the reps. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think the like annotating phone calls and reviewing them and, and doing that after the fact also equally as powerful, right? Like one, one of them sort of like reiterates the things in real time, which, which is very, very important for the ebbing house curve, uh, which there's, we, we talk about the ebbing house curve a lot, but then the other one solidifies, you know, identifies what you need to coach that person on in real time in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Right. So you listen to calls and you're like, you find out what they're doing wrong and then you put real time notifications to you coach them on it and then put real time notifications to continue coaching them on it moving forward. So I think, I think those two things equally powerful, very, very important from a coaching standpoint. Agree. Yep. And what I, what I love about what we do at revenue.io is peer coaching, right? It's don't rely just on a manager to go review someone's calls and annotate calls. You know, one, you can learn a lot from your peers and how they're handling a specific objection or how they're talking about a specific product, but also the person who's annotating learns a lot themselves, right? Like forcing you to actually put your thoughts into writing is such a good exercise in just clarity and uh, and uh, communication. It's kind of funny that I stumbled over the word communication itself. <laughs> we're going to get you some real-time notifications so that you, you be a little more verbose and clear here. It's, yeah, exactly. Need some, coach, need some coaching. Um, cool. All right. So what are some of the biz- biggest mistakes that you guys see? We, we've gone through a few of them already, but are there any big mistakes that we haven't touched on yet? I can go first. I'll pass to you, Jordan. So uh, you have to have the right technology stack in place. That was key. I guess I've probably said that three times now on on (laughs) record officially at this point. Um, But you got to have the right right tech stack in place. Um, I actually see it as part of my job leading the sales development organization to always be evaluating new sales solutions that are out there. I want to make sure that my team is equipped with the latest and greatest tools and that are going to help them work as efficiently and effectively as possible. So make sure you have the right tools. If you have, like if you're an SDR leader, an operations leader, and you're sitting on this call uh, and you're like, have this nagging pain point they've been dealing with for a while, chances are there's probably a better way. So like, Things I will commonly do is I might reach out to some some friends of mine or former colleagues of mine and ask them how they're solving this, and or like I'm going to get on there and I'm going to Google um, kind of the solution and see what I can find on different you know uh, threads and things out there like MSP and, and you know crowdsource the problem. Chances are someone else has solved it, and it's yeah. either there's a process you can nail down, or there's probably there's so many great softwares out there today that mm-hmm. probably a solution that'll solve it. I mean that's ultimately how I exactly how I found Lean Data back in the day. Um, so get the right tech stack in place. Um, yeah. You don't have to yeah. suffer through uh, all the manual work nowadays. Yeah, I think that's that's the most important one. You have to have the tech foundation to power this thing because otherwise, if you're doing this manually, you'll never have good speed to lead. It's just not possible. It's Everything has to happen in real time and very, very fast, um, which I think, yeah, I, don't, I think we can beat that into oblivion talking about it because we've all been down that rabbit hole, but yeah, totally agree. It's number one biggest mistake. Um, the one that the thing that I would add on or, or sort of different, but you actually mentioned earlier, I think it's equally important or, or very close to equally important 
is when you, when you map out your speed to lead process, where are your reps? Where are they spending their time? Where do you want them to be spending their time? Right. And, and Rob mentioned earlier, you know, he wants them in his sales engagement platform. And that's fine. That's great, right? If you want them in that platform, that's good. Put, make sure your speed to lead builds into where your reps are spending their time. Don't have it in some other source. Don't have it in another place. Meet them where they are because absent that, your speed to lead also won't work, right? Like reps, reps aren't going to change their entire workflow just, just to increase your speed to lead. It's going to be very hard to do that. Whereas if your reps are spending all their time in Slack, put these notifications in the Slack so then they're actioning them where they already are. Right. I think that's I think that's very, very important. And it kind of lays back to the tech. When you're evaluating tech, get the tech that actually supports meeting your reps where they are, not just doing it rapidly with the right context, but but supports the way you're using the way your sales team operates. Right. Yeah. Well, Jordan, I think you have a, a story too about someone who you worked with or knew that had over-engineered their tech stack, right? So th- they couldn't get their leads in time because... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of this this company because I, yeah. I, I did some consulting with them for a frustrating three months. Uh, but <laughs> there was a speed to lead problem that we were working to solve. And the, the yeah, they had over-engineered it to a point that it absolutely blew my mind. And so I, when I came in, I, you know, I've done this a handful of times in the past, you know, meet with a company to talk about their speed of lead and, and work through, you know, what we can do. Most of the time it's like, well, we have Pardot and we have Salesforce and then like nothing is routing and we need to like put something in place, whether it's territory assignment rules or get lean data in, something like that that's going to allow us to power this thing. This one was like, a lead comes in, it gets kicked to this system where it gets enriched with intent data, and then it gets kicked to this system where we verify the email addresses and phone numbers, and then it gets kicked over here to add this in, and then it ends up in Salesforce, and then from there, we kick it back out to this, and then back to Salesforce, and then it routes, and it took <laughs> about 35 minutes for a lead to convert to actually end up yeah. in a name. And they're like, well, how do we get this under 10 minutes? Like, well, you can't. You absolutely, you've over-engineered this to take up too much time. And ultimately, it's, it's, we, you got to strip these products out. Like, I, I don't, nothing, no, no data is more valuable than calling this person rapidly, right? Yeah, strong, strong case for Salesforce native there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. it was. And then I had to convince them over the course of three months, like, hey, you don't need to enrich this data. Strip this product out of the process. Strip this out. This one costs us five minutes. This one costs us 10 minutes. Get that down to 15. You'll still get enough data that you want because there are reasons they had all this in place, right? And so don't over-engineer it because it's harder to get. It's, it's much easier if it's under-engineered to get your speed to lead right than if it's over-engineered because other things are built on all of that, right? All right. I've got another common mistake. Okay. Uh, it's, it's when you huck leads to people without any context. So we touched on the importance of that today too. Like give them good context on why are they getting this lead? What action did this person take? That is huge. So important. They need to, they need to understand both, both for the context of how to handle the phone call and why it's important you call them quickly. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. And, and, if it says, if I kick a SDR lead that says demo request right underneath it, they're going to make some money if they make that phone call because they get paid on these, you know, these meetings booked or these scores generated. So they see demo request and eyeballs become plates. They're ready to go. Like you, you want to provide that context, any context. Yeah. yeah, totally. What do you think is the importance of staffing to ensure your speed to lead is successful? Yeah, so I've been in uh, sales organizations before where we did not have a dedicated inbound team. And I would say that's like the first thing to think about is like, what, how many inbound leads are you getting? And understand how long is it taking for people to follow up on those inbound leads? If it's more than the SLA, as we mentioned here, and or you're getting a lot of inbound leads, probably time to think about having a dedicated inbound team. I don't have a great like simple math equation for figuring out how many people do I need on an inbound team. For me, it's generally a little bit of gut and a little bit of just looking at the high level, how many inbounds are we getting per day? And then I will staff that team accordingly. It might be just start with one inbound rep, see what see what their bandwidth looks like as they start getting all the inbound leads from those unowned accounts that your other SDRs aren't working or AEs aren't working. If they start get falling behind and taking them too long to hit, or they can't hit the SLAs, um, then you think about adding a second person and you keep growing it. It's a really good problem if you have to keep adding more inbound uh, reps because that means your marketing is working well. The best possible problem, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I, same, same exact answer. I think the inbound team is super, super important. Um, and I, I would, I would make one, uh, point there, which is I, I like to use the most senior SDRs as inbound SDRs, uh, Ooh, rather than, the, the, I know this is this people, people always get come after me a little bit for this one. Yeah. Um, we're, we're spending money on those leads. We're spending a lot of money on those leads and we've educated them about who we are and what our product does. And so when an inbound lead comes in through a demo request, typically they've done a bit more research, they're more familiar, and that's a tougher conversation. And we've also spent a lot of money to have that conversation. So I want my more trusted senior reps to handle that conversation because they're more they're ready to handle some high-level objections and still get that meeting booked and convert those at a higher rate. By the way, we used to do it the other way when we switched it and our conversion rates went up like 10% when we switched. Yeah, the, I, never the advantage. A, I never have a good counter argument for that one. Like, I, <laughs> but I don't have a good counter argument. And, 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 I think that is like career pathing. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but and and we still do both. And and then the other piece of this is that we talk. There's no firm equation to like. 300 leads for two SDRs, right? That, that doesn't exist because the reality is it's, it has to do with your expectations. If I expect every inbound lead to get five phone calls or seven phone calls, that changes the amount of inbound leads that a rep can handle, so on and so forth, right? So it, it's, it's business specific, but you'll know. Like pay attention to whether or not speed lead is falling through, pickup rates falling through, those sort of things. You'll know when you need more. The advantage of having inbound be your most senior is you're not hiring to fill inbound, you're promoting to fill inbound. So, okay, great. I need a, I'm going to need a new inbound SDR next month. I don't have to go hire. I have to go look at my outbound SDR team and see which one's ready and just promote them over. And they can hit the ground running on, on the first day of the month. I have a, a team ready to jump into inbound whenever I need it. And so when I make that judgment call or when I make that decision, it, it's, it's much easier to just kick somebody over to the inbound team who's, who's ramped and ready because they've been having much harder conversations with the outbound role, right? Yep. So that was my one thing. And, and Rob, we did a whole, we did a whole like one hour on inbound versus outbound seniority. I think yeah, I've been talking about this. Yeah. Uh, that's now food for thought for me. I, I, like I said, I don't have a good counter argument for it. <laughs> that, that's I exactly how I ended up. Yeah. That's how I ended up trying it is because somebody proposed it to me and I thought, I don't have an argument against this. So I guess we'll try yeah. it. And then our conversion yeah. rates went way up and now I'm like, all right, they were totally the data right. speaks for itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, one thing we did change this year uh, on that topic is uh, for our inbound leads, uh, if they come in from an enterprise account, even if it's an unowned or like currently not being working enterprise account, we make sure we get those to the enterprise enterprise reps. Oh, Whereas, yeah, because we want our most senior. That's for us. That's our most senior team. We want them having those like more complex strategic conversations. Whereas any other inbounds that come in from unowned accounts go to the inbound team. But if it's enterprise, it goes to the enterprise reps. Has that impacted your speed to lead on those at all? Um, no, uh, not for us. I mean, I think it probably would for, for most organizations. Again, if they didn't have the right tools and kind of systems in place, I, I'm fortunate to work at a company that, that kind of specializes in solving that problem. So we're good at it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, for, I think for a lot of companies, yes, it probably would. So you would need to really coach your reps uh, yeah. that they need to be on the lookout. And how are they going to see it? Well, they're, you know, again, they have the sales engagement platform. Like you said, the big red, red alert is going to tell them when they have a, a new inbound. Um, almost certainly, yes, we're sacrificing. We're probably going to be a couple minutes because the enterprise reps are going to be most busy doing prospecting and meeting with people and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to be slower to respond. We, we accept that risk because we don't want to have like a, a new person talking to the Verizons and AT&Ts of the world when they come requesting demos. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, because um, that's always been the the only. Because uh, I love the idea of routing enterprise leads to enterprise AEs, right? My always, always my concern has been, what if a what if FedEx gets routed to an enterprise AE five minutes into their one hour demo or their two hour demo, yeah. right? And I'm like, and I'm sitting there like, come on, like yeah. jump off the demo and call FedEx, please. <laughs> you want to have you want to have eyes. Someone beyond just that SDR needs to be watching demo yeah. requests too. So for us, it's like it's partly me because I'm just by my nature, I love watching our inbounds come in and I get excited when I see inbounds come in. But also like my manager of my inbound SDR team knows that he needs to be watching that. And if he saw a big one come in, he's going to like guarantee he's going to stay on it until he sees that uh, first touch has been made. Nice. I like that. Cool. And if he needs to pick up the phone and call himself, he would. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In that do, right? In a demo, he knows I've, that he would. I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely sent some personal emails to people yeah. when I saw them. I'm like, I, I'm, I can't wait. This one's got to get out the door. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we got time for one more question. Megan actually asks a, a great one. So she says, I've been trying to build a culture of speed to lead, 
but I can't seem to get anywhere with the sales floor as far as urgency. When first starting the process of training on Speed to Lead, what were the most effective training methods you've used to get buy-in on the importance of follow-up? Make it make it personal and financial. Uh, show show so you, you, uh, if you're if you're focusing on speed to lead, uh, presumptively the first thing you've done is you've gone and figure out what your speed to lead is, and probably for different sources, right? So mm-hmm. the one thing that I would I would typically do if I'm having a hard time getting a sales team to buy into the concept of speed to lead because Brandon listed a bunch of stats of why it's important, right? For us as ops people, yeah, like those are easy. They're not personal enough to actually motivate a sales team. Good most point. Of the time. Yeah. What, what, I, what I would go do is I would say, okay, great. So we got a thousand leads last month. The ones that we called in under 30 minutes, here was the meetings booked. Here's how much revenue we made. The ones that we called in over 30 minutes, here was the result, right? And that means for you as a seller that if you call them in under 30 minutes, this is how much more money you would make because this increases your conversions by this amount and you get paid this much per school. I would tie it back to literally if we call these people faster, SDRs will make more money. AEs will make more money. You like, will this, make more th- money. this is how much more money you will make if we embrace this as a team and, and do that math. Like, and, and the math will line up to they'll make more money because your business will make more money. So they'll make more money. But making it real personal like that, and, and sellers are very motivated by money. It's it, I don't I don't want to hire sellers that aren't motivated by money, right? Like that, that's they're, they're often the best sellers, and so so it's a really easy way to to do that. And then after that, once they so bought into the idea that speed delete is important because they need to make money. Uh, then, then worry about like setting SLAs, setting expectations, tracking against them. And you can consistently remind them like, Hey, this is not just for the business. It's for you too. Like you want, you know, you're missing your school goal or your qualified opportunity goal. Like this is going to help you get more. It's going to help you make that money. Yeah. For me, that's always been effective. Yep. And just like any program that you're trying to get people's buy, uh, buy-in for is socialize wins, socialize early wins, right? You don't have to wait all the way till you see those deals close either, right? You, someone follows up with FedEx in two minutes. You, you say, hey guys, look, we got FedEx in two minutes and that resulted in a meeting booked or you know a qualified account or that, that was a target account of ours, right? Now they're actually in a buying cycle. So socialize those wins, um, but also at the same time, hold the team accountable. So, I, I, for me, I set expectations early. Um, yeah. Uh, towards the end of the first week for all, all new sales hires, they go through an expectations training with me. Mm. And within that, uh, there is, I go through the SLAs. What is the P1? What's P2? Yep. What's the SLA for it? And why is it important? And then uh, we also make it public. So you said make it personal, yeah. also make it public. Um, I have a, an SDR uh, dashboard uh, in Salesforce. And one of those reports on that dashboard is who is meeting or who's missing their SLAs. Yeah, I love that. The public piece is so, so important too, right? Okay. Once you've set the expectations, you've told people you're going to hold them accountable, you're actually holding them accountable. If, yep. if, you're, public- hiring, if you're hiring well, you're hiring people that are naturally a little bit competitive in sales too, yeah. right? So they they yeah. want to be tops um, if, yeah. you're, if you're hiring well. Totally. Yeah, if, if anybody doesn't care about that, they're going to have a hard time anyways. Yes. There's, yeah, right. So if you, if you show them... If they're not competitive enough to be motivated by that, and also the financial like motivation doesn't work, and you have a hiring problem. You, you've got a hiring problem. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, I'm losing yeah. bill, I'm losing ways to motivate these these this situation. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been great, guys. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Where, where can people connect with you and and find out more about uh, you and Lean Data? Yeah, please. Uh, Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm active on LinkedIn. And if I can answer any further questions, more than happy to do so. And uh, yeah, give give Lean Data a look, leandata.com. Awesome. This is fun. Thanks, guys. This is super, super fun. And give us five stars if you like it. All right. Until next time. Thanks, everyone, for joining us.